0: Listening to the Nerds Assemble podcast.
1: to episode 301 of the nerd assemble podcast i'm emily
2: i'm paul and i'm paul aka Retroid.
1: uh somebody told me that it's our 10th birthday this month um who my memory apparently mostly i mean i I look back through like the thing it was like we i mean technically speaking it's not like when you're listening to stuff it's august will class as our 10th birthday um We haven't managed to get the whole gang back together, but we have at least two pools this time. Two pools.
0: Yes, I'm available.
1: Two pools. Um, I don't think we're going to do, we're not doing a particularly special, like, you know, podcast episode, I don't think, because we're getting on now. You
0: say getting on?
1: Like 10 years is like really old in podcast years. Like most are lucky. Most are lucky if they make it past like a like a first season or like a episode zero and a trailer. Does,
2: does really, this mean we'll be going to? Apparently, yeah. And well, we're not a true crime one, are we? So yeah,
1: <laughs> like we skirt that line between the infinite number of geek podcasts that are out there, and and avoiding falling into lines of like men with opinions. Without thinking about anybody else and drinking too much alcohol and smoking.
0: I mean, I mean, you say
1: that we're not. A hey, true I don't crime smoke. Exactly. So <laughs> we're fine. That,
0: you say that we're not a true crime podcast, but we might be discussing the um, burying alive of Batwoman.
1: Oh, that's. True. Oh, I see what you did. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, that was we, quite good. We're talking about crimes against culture <laughs> and freedom of expression. Yeah, perhaps we do regularly report on that. Um, if, if anyone's wondering what we're talking about, and if you've somehow been living under a rock for the past few weeks, we are all—we've all been horrified by the, um, much sort of slow, just oh, how do I describe the slaughter of media that's been going on by Warner Brothers Discovery? One, um, why the, the
2: Yahoo
1: uh, one, whoever thought that a merger between your, uh, between Warner Brothers and freaking Discovery was a good idea? I,
2: to be honest, it it makes more sense than the Warner Brothers and AOL, which just utterly uh, fucking baffled me at the time.
1: But that's because internet streaming wasn't a thing back then. If it was a streaming thing, if streaming had been a thing then, it might have made a bit more sense.
2: Although, to show my age, shut up, <laughs> um, Warner Brothers did buy Atari, so technically they did sort of merge with Atari, and of course, that, that was just before the uh, the great American video game crash of 1984, I think it was.
1: Oops. So, hey, it,
2: they, they, they've they been doing well with this.
1: Yeah. I, I just feel like, so who were they with? So it was, what was it, they were with... Was it AT&T prior to yeah. this of them? Mm. Which was kinda like, eh I mean it was hilarious having done all of a regularly joke about uh, Business
0: Daddy.
1: Big business daddy ATT. Um and being rather rude and pointing out their shit. Um but yeah, the Discovery thing is like, hmm.
2: I, mean, I mean, weirdly, I'm I'm going to um, look at that little um, video clip. The um, is it Duck Dodgers or you know Daffy Duck one? Oh, so yeah. It's, yeah, it was it was Warner Brothers a- um, AOL. Then it was Time Warner, so they bought Time. Yeah. Then it was AT and T. Yeah. And now it's Discovery. Yeah. Where Discovery seems to have almost taken them over, and then decided, "Well, this isn't a documentary about sharks. Cancel it."
1: Yeah, it does feel a bit like that. It's kind of like. <laughs> You you do realize Warner's most known for for producing content around fiction, or or perhaps you know dramatic retellings of events, but mostly fiction um i've lost count of the number of things that have been canned so basically and when we say canned it's not even it's not even like we're talking about stuff because normally when you use that word you're talking about things that were like in maybe pre-production or sort of early stage production and we're talking about stuff that's actually even been f- you know has been f- pretty much finished and wrapped that hasn't been released or stuff that was very finished very wrapped and very much released
2: and and also when we normally say canned, we'll say, Oh, there's only like two or three seasons that you can watch on uh like Netflix or Amazon Prime or on Disney Plus, but you know but that's all there is. It's unfortunate, but that's all there is. Whereas in this case, it seems like there's a whole host of cartoons and you know various other things. Um, including that, you know, the Batgirl movie. Yeah. That um the new bosses have said, Yeah, we are scrubbing all existence of this. There yeah, aren't include- even trailers on our YouTube channel now.
1: And deleting tweets, going as far as deleting tweets.
2: Yeah, it's just I, what the hell.
1: It is the most. It, it does feel a bit like a, like a cultural sabotage. I'm not saying these are like high cultural items or anything, but that they, they are all for however you opinion on these things. They are forms of artistic expression, even though they're commercial works. Like people put thought, time, and energy into these things. Um, also, it must be—it re- must really suck if you're like a, somebody who's been in the core creative team or something like that. And you, and you're like, yeah, I was creative X thing. You know, whilst you are going to get, try and get another job? And it's like, uh, what thing? Is that even real? So Does you- it exist?
2: So, well, you'll have to ask our mutual friend Dave Internet, who never forgets.
1: Yes. So, unlike, unlike like,
2: time, you know, Time Warner Discovery, who seem to be wanting to forget everything.
1: Yeah, as far as I can tell, um, as well from some of the comments I've seen online, it looks like they've obviously even like scrambled back a whole load of DVD stock as well for stuff that had been released on disc. What? At least in Why? America. So it's like, whoa. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think Discovery it's, it's... Have, have gone too far, um, and. Uh,
2: it it, it yeah. it's like the media equivalent of oh no, my bank is now a trendy wine bar. Yes, because uh, they they seem to have bought this thing and then decided we hate everything that you've ever made. <laughs> we are removing it, apart from these superhero things, which
1: except for um, Batgirl.
2: Yeah, but we Batgirl, we only Batgirl. want the like you know, billion dollar mega <laughs> blockbusters in the cinema.
1: Yeah, Batgirl. except Batgirl yeah.
2: because it, okay. Batgirl. But that kind of sounded interesting because it had um like Michael Keaton in as mm-hmm. an elder, you know, Batman mm-hmm. and you know, you know, various things like that. And yeah, as soon as they said, Oh, it's been cancelled because test screenings were you know showed it was irredeemably bad. It's like, Oh my bullshit klaxon is going off and that's really loud.
1: Especially in the yeah. context of everything else that's been scrapped. Including like like the freaking was it um Scooby Doo? <sighs> Whatever it was that they were going to release Yeah,
2: I think that w- that was In production or was like In post-production
1: I think it was in post-production yeah. that's, like, that's like the Scooby-Doo thing as well It's just like, I mean, I'm not sure If anyone's noticed the quality Of various types of Scooby-Doo movies Over the past 30 years They're of varying quality But you know what I could have guaranteed you for that The kids would have loved it regardless It's just whether or not adults Could have put up with it So, yeah, it's just, I I just, yeah. It's
2: it's like, to be honest, I've heard decent things about, like, you know, the, you know, modern Scooby in a series and in a movie. So it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's a bit, hmm? Hmm? Uh, (laughs) uh,
1: yeah,
2: uh, it's it's just, I, I think it's very, there was one um creator of one of the cartoon series who said that it was, just really torn up by it because he hadn't made it for his kids
1: yeah I saw that one yeah
2: yeah and of course now can't see it because it's just been absolutely wiped and I'm kind of used to you know, it's a little bit like you no know, at least when disney was going around buying you know these big companies like you know 20th century fox yeah. as it was um you know to add to their catalog at least, as soon as they did that, they you know they popped up on Disney Plus.
1: I mean, there it is was obviously kind of,
2: we're buying content.
1: Yeah, there is obviously the, the whole Disney Vault situation, which, but at least it didn't, it didn't tend to mean that they obliterated it forever. It's just that for some stuff, it might be a while before you saw it again. Whereas, yeah. the, whereas this is, yeah, it, it just feels like they, they're sort of burning the whole place down. I I can't imagine there's going to be many people in the industry that's going to want to do a a project for the Warner side of the business going forward.
2: And that was me thinking that Fox were bad for this. It's just, this is a whole new level, isn't it?
1: It is a whole new level. Um, And as I was saying before we start recording, um, like, I... I don't think ten years ago I could have imagined this scale of thing happening at all. Like maybe a bit of a bit of a you know cancelling of something in pre-production or in production, but not this kind of whole hog.
2: Yeah, it's, and, it's,
1: and, and it's all for tax write-offs.
2: You not you know cancelling things that are in production um but then just the running everything else into the ground to extract every last cent that's what i'm kind of used to you know when something like this happens but it's just it's i i i just don't get the logic of in the scrubbing everything it's not even as if they are saying um you know those things weren't included so, you know, the rights are, are now open or, you know, they're forbidding. They're not even doing any of that, are they? It's just, right. you know, we own this. It's getting locked in a vault under the stairs and we're filling, you know, the basement with concrete.
1: What, what, what do you think, Paul?
0: I think, I mean, I feel sorry for the people that, uh, you know, have actually crafted uh, you know, these things that they'd be kind of cancelled because, well, I mean, did you uh, say that it was, like, actually tax purposes, it's just that like they're used in the excuse of, you know, test screenings? Or At whatever. least for Cause, one thing, yeah. Because, quite frankly, the whole test screenings thing, uh, you'd rework it. Normally. Normally.
1: I mean, I, I would like to know, because there's not been anything said as to whether or not, um, like... <sighs> Uh, and this, this discovery side of the business gone and crapped on a whole load of stuff and got rid of it because I haven't heard anything to that effect.
2: No I've heard nothing like that.
1: Yeah no no discovery stuff's been a write-off. but I do know that it can be cheaper to produce reality TV and uh, a lot of nonfiction stuff because it's documentary. You're not having to, you should pay for actors and actresses, special effects, um, build sets, things like that.
2: You know what? You know what that provides a good segue into? Go on. The new um, owners of the CW.
1: Oh, yes. Who's he's the new owners of the CW now? Cause-
2: um, I think it's some arsehole.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That, that, some, some arsehole
2: who seems to have looked at the numbers and go, oh, everyone's 50.
1: 58, wasn't it?
2: It was something mad.
1: It was something like, so the cw got new owners. This is the previous home of Supernatural. Just for anyone who's, who's, who doesn't understand that. <laughs> is, is,
2: is, was that any good, Supernatural?
1: It it was hit and miss over the se- You had like bits of good seasons, bits of bad seasons. Overall, mm. I'd like really. It you, have,
2: have, have you seen it
1: yeah I've, I've seen it a few times <laughs> haven't, <laughs> haven't really watched the final season yet um so okay.
2: other than the final season you have seen the whole thing several times so far
1: pretty much it, uh, it is
2: your Star Trek the next generation for me
1: <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps, um, but the thing is, though, is that it was widely acknowledged that that show had a wide demographic range. You had a lot mm-hmm. of teens watching it. You had a lot of people who were fifty-eight watching it, and that's. The I, thing. I like, have
2: zero trouble, um, you know, believing that because my my mum was a van.
1: Yeah, um, and, and it, she.
2: Yes, yeah, um, she's in her seventies now. She Just started the seventies.
1: Well now. Is so about, yeah. Yeah. A, and, uh,
2: a, a, a typical seventy um odd year old T V watcher though. So
1: yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the uh fans of not just like Supernatural but stuff like uh Walker, Riverdale. Riverdale's obviously finishing now. Um and oh,
2: that sounded batshit from that rundown I was reading.
1: I know. Um like all, all a lot of the scripted shows had a wide audience base, like <laughs> If you at least looked at the fandom side of things, you would find fans of all ages. Yeah. Um, and I, I personally, I wouldn't trust Nielsen statistics. But I also actually, if, they, if the only thing I could come think of is that they were relying on like figures for like subscribers to the digital service. But then it's like, but of course you're not necessarily going like, to. If it's like mostly families buying it. And then the average age of the families are, you know, <laughs> 50. That that doesn't mean anything. Plus, the other thing is that the CW doesn't technically. It has, like, it's like the CW has channels in the US. Yeah. But it gets bundled with other local broadcast stuff, plus a bit of game shows. So, like, CW might be a thing that locally a station puts sports stuff on. Or things like, um, was it fam- what was that f- one we saw a few times when we watched it live? What the game show?
0: Game show? What
2: Family Feud?
1: Yeah, we, like something like Family Feud be on the say, you know, would be on it basically. So um, it's, it's
2: kind of say like an ITV region in the UK.
1: Yeah, except that after a certain point, most of the TV on there in the evening, it would be just a whole load of scripted television. Maybe hmm. some reruns earlier in the day, bit of I don't know game shows and local stuff, sort of late late afternoon, early evening, and then a the whole load of scripted television.
2: the The American method of doing TV channels is still a little bit strange.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get that. Yeah, but um, yeah. So anyway, so that 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 that's the another crazy thing in. <sighs> media land in America Um, still not as crazy as the Warner Discovery situation
2: no but um, yeah didn't they say they were going to be cancelling a lot of the scripted stuff and it was going to be like
1: reality they didn't say cancelling but they did say moving forward for the 23 to 24 period that Mm there'd be fewer scripted shows so that's great for stuff like the new supernatural prequel the Winchesters which starts airing um i think next month basically <laughs> it's like huh i mean i wasn't exactly particularly excited for it but you know or people who like seriously i, I mean the walk is still keeps going so I'm not a fan of it but mean it, it just know.
2: kind of keeps keeps existing despite yeah. people's wishes yeah
1: um clearly those wishes are in the minority though um but yeah so it's like the c i mean the c it's like what what's the point in even calling it the c w like after a point there's no point in calling it c w if you basically get rid of scripted shows
2: what exactly is does c w stand for
1: oh god <laughs> i never knew when they launched it i'm going to see if the internet can tell me
2: well, was it anything to do with the? Well,
1: it could have been CBS Warner.
2: Yeah, I an mean, that would make sense. Yeah, it's a shit name for a channel, but there you go.
1: Yeah, it was uh, CBS Warner. It was Smith's stamp for CBS Warner. Wow. So yeah.
2: Um. I mean, just just thinking about you know weird, um, you know weird decisions. Chasing ratings, which you know, I unfortunately I have very little trouble thinking that some kind of reality TV, if it get, if it catches people's attentions, would be more popular than most scripted TV.
1: Yeah, and and stations love it because you know it is cheap to make cheap shit.
2: Yeah, it's it's cheap and current, and you can always say it's new.
1: The issue. And fast
2: turned around as well.
1: But the irony is, so it's like, oh, it's like sort of like scripted stuff. Oh, it's not massively popular on launch. Um, you know, unless whilst it's airing, but when it's reruns and uh, what's the word I'm looking for, which begins with S, and you put it out there into the world because you've made oh. enough content to do that syndication. That's the word syndication to stuff mm. like um, even other broadcasters or streaming services. That tends to be where you start to make your money back. So it's like a it's a long term investment rather than short term. Yeah. Um, whereas reality TV, it's like right. So um, the merchandising options are what. You're, you don't really have syndication options. Uh like Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Um It
2: it but yeah, it what what reminds me of it is um you know Fox a few years ago, they had a whole thing about they paid a fortune for was it college football? Oh yes. Yeah.
1: Something like that. And again, it's like oh might have been nfl as well but certainly at least college football i think yeah
2: yeah it, it, it was something like that where it was well that's several hours of uh you know primetime programming that's uh gone
1: <laughs> mind you i mean college football is certainly cheap professional football isn't and the fact that the cost that goes into like Something like uh, professional American football versus the expenditure for like TV shows. The football costs more because of the player salaries are more often quite a lot more than even what the actors on a TV show are making. That's true. Let alone because, also the best production.
2: But yeah, uh, in, in closing, they seem to be going for audiences which aren't us.
1: Yeah. And
2: that's that's weird when they've been making money from audiences which align with us.
1: But then apparently stuff like this, like channels and that, weren't making money. And it's like, is anyone making money? It all just aligns. Everyone's building their stuff off of loans. Now, if you said that about Netflix, I'd say you're actually right, because Netflix is notorious to, uh, for... Basically the amount of production it does is not necessarily being paid for by subscriptions. Mm. There is a certain level of um, sort of sort of them getting basically sort of bits of loan and various other financial products to pay for it. <laughs> so um, which yeah. I could
2: understand when they were starting out, but less so now.
1: Mind you, they have lost a lot of subscribers this year, so who knows?
2: Well, you you say a lot, but then it was, oh, you know, they've lost like a, you know, was it one or two million?
1: Uh,
2: that, that's worldwide though, so. Uh,
1: I would still say it's quite <laughs> hefty though.
2: Yeah, but they're, but they're not in mortal danger or anything, are they? they? So.
1: Well, it depends how much they've overstretched themselves on the loan situation for stuff, though.
2: Yeah, I still don't get why they need so many loans.
1: It's just how they do business. Anyway, <laughs> should we go on to something else? Should Sand. we... Um, We could talk about what we've been up to, but I think I should ask Paul to talk about what he's been up to first.
0: Um... Well, I mean, bit on the spot. I oh, know. <laughs> um, no pressure.
2: You know, just tell us immediately.
1: Yeah.
0: So, other than just generally kind of working and uh, looking after Emily here.
1: I mean, the listeners should know if they listen to the previous episode. If you didn't, I'm pregnant. There we go. That's the big reveal that you missed.
0: Um. So yeah, looking after you. And bye bye. Yeah. Barbara to be. Beber um, to be.
1: <laughs> um.
0: Let's see. I don't feel like I've been doing much geek wise. Uh, Other than
1: making sure people get to play D D.
0: Yes. Yeah. Lots of um, planning for D D and whatnot. Um.
1: Oh, well, can you talk about those summary cards you made for everybody?
0: All right. So yeah, basically because I um. I know that a lot of the time when it comes to players' um, turns that sometimes there's kind of confusion about what they can do um, uh, in terms of like, uh, so you've got like an action, a bonus action and reaction and stuff like that. Um, and uh, yeah, some moves uh, are bonus actions. Some move, moves are like, you know, actions or you know spells and attacks and whatnot. So I've hmm. basically developed cards which are meant to be, kind of very, very quick uh, kind of skimming um, to see what people can actually afford to do in terms of their turn. So say, for example, uh, like a fighter may have like two attacks um, or, you know, they could use like um, an action to do something and then the uh, second attack or an extra attack. Um, and then potentially do like a bonus action as well. So it kind of gives um, the players um, kind of a chance to utilize their turn as much as possible, really, rather than them going, okay, well, I've just did the attack. Is that my go done? Uh, I guess so.
1: I have to. Admit, I do get a bit fed up with people who are like, oh, you should know your character sheet in and out. And it's like, no, the only time I've got for D&D tends to be the actual session time that I set aside. Hmm. So it's really hard to learn what my character does in yeah. between sessions
0: I mean, ba- ba- bear in mind that you're also playing three um characters as well yeah so because you're in three campaigns actually technically four but three of mine yeah um and yes they're all kind of magic users but they're all different classes of magic as well yeah so you kind of have to kind of deal with the separate rules for each class because sorcerers work differently to wizards. And bards. And, yeah, bards are different as well. Um, So, yeah, sometimes just, like, a little sheet that kind of reminds you, um, you know, what you can do is helpful. Like, one of the things that people forget that they can do is stuff like disengage or, you know, kind of uh, hide and stuff like that as an action. So, you know, rather than basically being like, uh, well, I'm a magic user and, you know, like... I have no magic uh, left, or I, you know, don't have like anything that can, you know, really do well with attack. So I'm just going to forfeit my turn. It just seems a bit wrong. Yeah,
1: there's also was it that wizards have released? Was it the the at Was it D and D zero or one or whatever? Right, yes.
0: Yeah. Which is basically their. As far as I can tell, it's their almost like D and D as a service. Where things are going to be kind of updated uh, and whatnot, Um, but they're not going to basically bring out like a brand new edition like five years down the road and going, you know, oh yes, all those other books that you've collected in the meantime, they're all you know rubbish now. They they you know they don't mean a thing because our rules have changed.
1: At the same time, though, I dislike the idea that it looks like they're moving to more of a subscription-based model for D and D what I mean, so it looks suspiciously like because then they bought d d beyond there
0: they have bought d d beyond yeah. and um there's uh they're doing certain things like um having um i presume it's like special offers where you can get the book digitally uh, on d d beyond at, as well as physically um but like i I'd, I'd, I'd argue that you know if you can buy the book separately Um, like, just by themselves, and keep it on the shelf, then that is good enough to play. You know, you don't necessarily need all the extra tools that they're developing, like, you know, this whole, you know, kind of battle map uh, type stuff and, you know, kind of game counters and basically just trying to uh, kind of almost, like, put it digitally online. Because, yeah, you you just kind of don't need that. I mean, I've built my game um or my games rather to be fairly uh you know kind of physical in the real world so you know i've got yeah. like little counters for people um and you know if, uh, i kind of print off uh like you know individual kind of character tokens for the characters and you know the monsters and whatnot and you know i try and uh even even say for example the money I uh, actually have people having kind of uh, physical wallets and i print off like little kind of uh, slips of, um, you know, kind of gold and little slips of silver and whatnot. And, you know, that kind of counts as kind of currency, which as far as I uh, can tell is actually a fairly big hit with people. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of nice. It sounds like it would be. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of nice having it in your hand, as it were, rather than just basically scribbling it on a sheet if
2: if if i may devil's advocate here yeah uh. devil's avocado <laughs> um you see they they were doing you know well it was you know d and d beyond and part of all that was that they were um a way of running games remotely hmm. so it's like my other half would have games with uh you know, people in the States, Canada, France, and everything could be coordinated. Everyone would be looking at the same character sheets that would be on D&D Beyond. You know, same campaign map, same battle map, you know, everything like that. And the, you know, the kind of thing that they're doing seems to be kind of an extension of that. So it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, if you can't do it locally... Yeah. or you know if one or more or all of your uh you know um teammates are you know having to play remote then it that seems to be what they're aiming for because i think i know there are quite a few online d d you know yeah. people just you know well yeah. you know, with the internet as it is it's like
1: yeah.
2: you know this is our 10th anniversary yeah and they're doing this podcast i haven't met either of you
1: <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Very true.
2: So you know there's that's an example of the internet in a nutshell. I've met Cookie.
1: Yeah, because you met him um, um you met him with um th- uh, at, own... at me, Yeah. So,
2: so um I, you know that was that was nice, but it, it was just a you know, oh hello, you know, etc etcetera et and then you know, we both went off and you know did our separate things. But
1: it is crazy. It, I've met I've met people that I've done games journalism stuff with for, but not ye
2: yeah <laughs> and 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 then i went and moved about 150 miles even more north
1: yeah but at least that gives us an excuse to go visit scotland but like, i think you'd be pretty much the reason we'd visit scotland at this point <laughs> well
0: i mean other than you know the
2: natural beauty of the air oh
1: yeah true true scotland is, is a lovely or, or country. The rich
2: culture of like yeah. edinburgh and
1: stuff or glasgow or Dundee. I, I,
2: you know, I can heart well. I, I can <laughs> hardly recommend Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dundee is um, it's better than it was in years past. You know, from mm. what I've been told. But yeah, Edinburgh is just it's it's a beautiful city, and there's a hell of a lot to do. Yeah, and I've not spent uh, anywhere near as much time there, and unfortunately, I've still yet to go to the fringe. So even even though it's just down the road, more or less now.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, uh, going back to the D&D thing, though. So mm. my suspicion, and this is a lot of companies are, though, trying to get users onto a subscription-based model. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I do genuinely, I am genuinely concerned that they will start to s- just, just stop publishing physical books down the line sooner rather than later like that's a genuine fear of mine so that you would have to be tied into the service to play near current
0: i mean i would say that one of the things about D&D is that you can kind of it's it's a license to play it however you like so you could actually have like a you know look if i can't read it in a book it's not a rule that exists then you, you can play it like that i know it's you know obviously means that you know if they do this whole like oh just only online kind of you know books and whatnot um but yeah you can you can just i
1: know but i'm, I'm talking about like yeah. core like the core oh, right. mechanics type stuff if they start if they release a complete upgrade of that know, and
0: to, to be yeah. honest I, I think that would um be um burning lots of bridges there because i mean i know that um, you know kind of traditionally people have liked you know loads of dnd books on their shelf and one of the reasons to go on to something like D beyond is for basically ease of access more than to actually purchase items yeah um, you know so that that's you know because it's easier to basically just tap into the search bar, you know, oh, this feat, what's it do? Or this spell, what's it do?
1: Basically, I don't trust any company not to try and go full Adobe.
0: Yeah. Full Adobe.
1: You know, with the whole moving all of this software to a subscription service. All right, okay. Because um, yeah, after, mind- after all,
2: Office Good. has done that, and, and today um, Clip, Clip Studio, Studio. Yeah, yes. de- Clip decided, Studio. hey, we're, you know, we're going subscription and everyone was oh, will moved to you because adobe went subscription and you said you weren't going to do that yeah so, so it's like, well done
1: and they've changed the details of the licenses for inpeptu- in pet
2: in pet pet That word. Yeah.
1: As well, as a result of
2: Although they've said that they're going to keep, so I think it's, it's something like Clip Studio One is going to stay in perpetuity and will get updated, but like version two or three will be subscription.
1: Yeah, something like
2: that. And so, well, good luck with that, because unfortunately, um, there are you know if you piss enough people off, they will go and do an open source version of something.
1: True. So, yeah. And
2: th- there's already open or like single purchase things. But you know, getting getting back to and um, this is me that's doing this, <laughs> getting us back into the topic <laughs> of D D. See, I'm lording it over, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I can I can see pluses and minuses. The problem I've always had with, you know, because I've, I've never been a big D D player. But um I know people who are or have been the rule books have always been quite pricey yes and if they can do a thing where it's like maybe you know, like up to $5 a month or something so you can look after your campaigns and run everything via them so they can be, you know, like a, an, an online rule book where you can only do things which are rules and you can still do homebrew, which I know that DD Beyond, you know, did support. So if oh, you can okay. do things like that, I, you know, I can see the pluses to it. Because, yeah, if I ever thought about, you know, me being a nerd thinking about getting into d d it's like, yeah, I went around to a mate's house and played it there. Because he would buy the books and they were like 30 quid or something in mm. the 80s.
1: Mind you, so, a lot of the books, yeah. it's kind of like, except for the player's manual, mm. you don't necessarily want the other books. They're kind of more, that, like you might well, want them for some character creation stage stuff, but it tends to make sense you've got a central repository.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the thing because um, you have like, with, uh, just like looking at the books on the shelf right now, and you have obviously the core rule books like the players hand handbook, uh the dungeon master's guide and the um the monster manual and whatnot. Uh a lot of the mm. other stuff, um you do get sort of like ones like Tasha's um
1: Cauldron? No. Yeah.
0: Tasha's
2: Cauldron, no, something
0: no. Yeah, anyway, Tasha's book. Yeah. um and xanthar's going to every- and,
2: and there would be scenarios
0: so yeah so they're designed to kind of expand you know kind of uh you know the options that you can do but a lot of the other ones are more like okay well here's our campaign book and we're gonna add in like this new race that you can play as and we're gonna mm. add in a couple of feats here and there and we're gonna add in these really really tiny tiny things um and yeah you basically end up kind of getting the, the book mostly for those other things despite the fact that you know that they're, they're a tiny tiny you know kind of um, yeah option as it were to how to play uh, and the rest of it is basically just you know this campaign that there's, that they've written
2: now what I you know I, I suggest this to you Would you be okay with something like that if they said that, you know, maybe, you know, every month you were subscribed, you would not only have access to everything, but they would add scenarios. And like maybe every few months they would have something added. So it would be like a different character race or a class or, you know, something like that, or a new object or, you know, something like that. So it, it was contributing to the whole expansion
0: i mean i'm not entirely sure about um you know kind of uh, subscribing for stuff like that i know that you can kind of purchase components uh of the books mm. on D D beyond so i've done it before where i've basically been like well you know i i don't really uh, want to have the campaign of x uh, i just kind of need this race or these magic items or whatnot and you're able to kind of purchase those separately which is quite quite nice um in yeah. terms of like subscription um like i'm actually a paid subscriber subscriber to it because hmm. um otherwise i would only ha- um, have a certain amount of kind of character um you know uh, yeah 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 i, I know, know exactly character. the thing because so, by um, unlocking yeah, that,
2: my- sorry yeah no, I, I was just going to say uh, my other half had uh, a, an active subscription just to get mm. like extra, you know, character slots and you know things like that. So you know, keep track of every, you know, all the different games.
0: Exactly. So um, you know, you have like the uh, these kind of extra kind of little bits here and there for subscri- mm. for you know, f- paid subscribers. Um, so basically, not being able to kind of unlock the latest kind of stuff is a, already is a kind of bit weird for me. <laughs> Like, you know, yeah. you have to purchase on top of your subscription,
2: which, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm never a huge fan of things like that. I would just rather, you know, if you're going to do something like that, if you're going to be adding things, I would much rather have, you know, like, a base subscription that I don't have to think about.
1: Makes me wonder what the campaign length or the length of campaigns. Wizards think people are playing, so almost every single campaign that we've ever played. I mean, let's have it like different bits of story happen. Okay, maybe, maybe I should call it stories. Every single story we've played, mm-hmm. um, which sometimes also includes stuff that's official, as in like an official quest line or something, has lasted multiple years, yeah. And so, my issue with people, but with somebody like the, mm-hmm. you know, this stuff getting changed on the fly. It's like, right, well we were already playing with shit to happen in this way. If you start end up ending up with like players are using online, players are losing off offline, including if the yeah. DM's are using mostly offline, and stuff think, like people suddenly wonder, well, no, stuff doesn't work this way, it works this way, blah 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 blah. It could get interesting.
2: I I have a prediction and you may not like it. Uh oh <laughs> I think for a start, they will keep publishing the books. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be more like collector's vinyl albums.
1: Oh.
2: If you see what I mean. Yeah. It's going to be, you can subscribe to us and you can get all the stuff. You know, just like if you subscribe to Spotify or, you know, whatever you, you know, or Apple Music or like Amazon Music, you get the monies. But then... If you want to buy a book, yes, you can, but it may be. I'm, and I'm not even sure about this bit. It may be a little bit pricier. But well, it, the piss it, they they it may just keep. Pricey. Yeah, that they, they may just keep it at the same price, or you know, whatever. But I, th- I think with everything becoming more online, and no mistake, I think that's largely a good thing especially when it comes to like massive rule tones like this. Um, I don't necessarily see it as a negative at all, that it you will know, be moving more online. I mean... Yeah, go on.
0: I was going to say, my issue with um, stuff moving online is the fact that, um, well, for a start, when we actually tried it at the beginning of the pandemic, um, we tried, I think, going on Roll20, Roll 20. 20, uh-huh. and that experience um, sucked.
1: Even paid.
0: Even paid, it sucked because trying to basically get everybody connected. Um, you know, everybody's uh, you know kind of trying to you know talk all over each other and whatnot. Um, yeah. And even even the map that I'd kind of you know kind of created stuck. <laughs> you know, kind of quite quite a well while into creating um, and trying to use the fog of war and whatnot.
2: Um, it still managed to cock up.
0: It still managed to cock up. Exactly um so that, yeah that kind of put me off uh, to a certain extent uh, and you know i agree with you like in the sense that um it is good that you're able to kind of play dnd with people from across the world um but what i've also found is that um when you have players that are online only a lot of the time they get distracted by stuff so if you're not yeah i have seen this really in fun, yeah in action uh, then they will basically be like, oh, you know, they're just nipped off to the loo or, oh, they're just reading on uh, this article about, you know, something on their phone and they kind of miss important information uh, mm-hmm. from the game itself. Uh, whereas if you're all in the same space, uh, you know, you can bounce off each other easily um, and you can basically, it makes it easier to focus um, and... Yeah, there's kind of no substitute for really, you know, much like oh, yeah. video I mean, games, uh <sighs> multi-playing, there's no substitute for just sitting on the sofa with somebody interacting.
2: Yeah. I mean, largely um, speaking, online is like a poor substitute for in-person. Mm. But, yeah, it, I mean, my main issue would be if I, you know, if theoretically I got big into D&D. Yeah. Um, at the expense of everything else I'm, I'm doing and I don't have <laughs> enough time for, but anyway. um, If I did that and if I could, say, buy the books I wanted, but it was like, you know, digital only or, you know, I could buy you know, are more expensive, like, you know, collectors, you know, sparkly, shiny, hardback, (laughs) dragon scale, coated, you know, that kind of thing. Hmm. You know, I would probably go, just go for the, you know, the online only digital copy. And if I didn't have to pay a subscription or if I could play like a free tier and just use the digital, um, you know, manual that I had bought, that would be me perfectly happy for like 80% of the time. Fair. And it's it, it just, you know, so long as you can do that, because there's still a free tier of D&D Beyond, isn't there?
0: Uh, I believe so, although I'm not entirely sure what features you're actually able to use.
2: Uh, yeah, you probably like limited character slots and yeah, yeah. You know, things like that. But, you know, if you can still do it on the cheap, then... I'd be okay. If it moved entirely subscription only, so you couldn't get the books. You know, if you if say your you know, um debit card number changed mm-hmm. and so and you didn't update your, you know, your details and suddenly that bounced and you didn't have access to the books or you know the games you were playing with your friends, then that you know, I w- would have a serious issue with that. That would be shitty. That would be a shitty user experience.
1: My other issue though would be is if they withdrew content because other digital publishers have done that.
2: Mm. yeah yeah that's always af- a thing
1: even after you've in theory bought it and it's not even a subscription service
0: I mean that's the thing because obviously they've um, uh, done the monsters of the multiverse one uh, where they've basically um, collated all of the uh, kind of extra races from these all the, all these other kind of different kind of campaign books and whatnot and they've kind of um, pushed them all together uh, and they've kind of changed some bits of it um, and I like the fact that you still have the legacy stuff on the website, even if you still still have the new stuff as well. Mind you, but
1: I mean, it depends which books are placed. that particular one, like, the, de- there were like the descriptions for some stuff were smaller than what it was in the original books, I found. Really? Yeah. And not as helpful. Mm-hmm. Oh. For a couple, like Satyrs, for instance, it wasn't as great. But that was originally the Was It Odysseus yes. campaign one. But yeah, the Satyrs description that's in there is not as helpful as if you had Odysseus.
0: Hmm i didn't realize that but yeah fair enough
1: anyway sorry so, that's, that's yeah yeah easy. so um
0: yeah we got uh
2: tangent very <laughs> long nerdy but relevant tangent
0: but yeah i think most of my time and i
2: managed to keep you two both on topic <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> my
2: part. Look, um i'm, I'm loading it as long as i can okay <laughs>
0: But um no, I was gonna I was gonna say uh so yeah, obviously kind of uh organizing like D and D in terms of um, you know, kind of all these little bits that I kind of, you know, do for do for my players because I, I, I like my players very much. Um and Good job, um, buddy. yeah kind of yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, obviously kind of coming up with the the whole kind of narratives between like the three campaigns that I'm running as well. Um so and just kind of having like bits uh, that kind of, they kind of uh, are connected in the sense of like things from one campaign uh, kind of do actually affect, um, you know, the others and and vice versa and whatnot. And it's just, yeah, same, same uh, basically world, just different time periods.
1: Yeah. Hmm. And I talk about what I've been up to because I've been up to too many things, either. So? Uh, I? am gonna talk about what I've been up to. I haven't done too much either. Sure. Um. So, I finished watching the US version of The Office. It was how, a very, how many
2: seasons was that? Is it eight or nine. I think it might
1: have been nine. Nine seasons. Um. It was. I know that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I enjoyed it. It was a very it felt quite the characters were quite different by the end of things, but it was nice that there had been growth over nine seasons um but yeah so that's all I gotta say that I enjoyed it. I'm still never gonna watch the UK one. Just never unless somebody digitally replaces a certain character in it.
0: what, what is your base
1: <laughs> pretty much. Then I might watch it. Um, uh, what else? Uh, I've gone back to watching Bob's Burgers. Um,
2: I'm, I'm, may, may I ask how many episodes is Catherine Tate in? Too many. Yeah, that was my fear.
1: She, um, It's like two seasons.
2: Yes, because I think
0: uh, Michael goes. That's far
2: too many.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Michael goes, I think, at the end of the seventh season or something. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, and then they basically bring in, um, like Catherine Tate and uh, oh, what's his name? The, the guy that played uh, Daniels in Stargate, uh, the movie David Spader, is it
2: okay?
1: So, um, sounds about right.
2: Yeah, 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 David Spader was in Stargate, the movie, yeah,
1: yeah, um. It maybe it went on longer than it needed to, but yeah. So
2: yeah, so it's seven seasons. That's what I'm hearing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um. But yeah. So I'm back on Bob's Burgers. I'm on season three at the moment. Um. I because I went and saw the movie in a cinema over the summer holidays. Um. I you went. We went. Um. And I'd watched season one before. Uh, I've rewatched it recently, um, I mean, but but I I it it wasn't it isn't until after season one that I realised just how adult the animation is, and then how much they toned down for the film.
0: What I remember from the film is that there was a fly in the screen <laughs> that kept on buzzing around the place, blocking its like you know a fly shape on the project on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, just like every now and again, you'd kind of, uh, kind of see it kind of go really out of focus, where it's kind of closer to the, uh, you know, the, the, the source, the light, and then you think, is it, <laughs> is it just going to burn itself, no. and then it'll kind of come back uh,
1: to the a front ma- of the screen, a
2: and like, did it think it was a moth or something?
1: It did seem <laughs> to. It did seem to, um, but anyway, um, but
0: this was like during dramatic tension as well.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, the episode of Breaking Bad, the but the cinema version. Oh, the one, in yeah,
0: the, the yeah, fly.
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm on, on to Big Boss Burgers season three. Um, and I've really enjoyed it. I haven't watched like an animated comedy. In a, for a while that I've like enjoyed because it is way more enjoyable. So, well, than... that's damning. Well, it's not, you know, it, it's far more enjoyable than something like yeah, you know, yeah, you, 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 you're originally Seth MacFarlane fair, but he's hardly involved with it anymore. Everything else, um, it, Futurama like when they brought it back wasn't that great. Yeah. Uh, Simpsons has been for um. Over a decade, two decades. Uh, <laughs> I, I think they
2: made the right decision that they only made about seven or eight seasons of Simpsons.
1: <laughs> um, oh, what should we call it? Uh, Stuffbox has been terrible for a very long time. Uh, and then, like, I've enjoyed Lower Decks, but it is yeah. one of the few.
0: Rick and Morty for the first two to three seasons I'm so not sure far. how I felt about the last
1: one yeah so, Yeah, but I'm actually oh. enjoying Bob's Burgers but I'm also very early into its history at the moment
2: so how many seasons have, has it got it's
1: got quite a fair few
2: an amazing number because I I just thought oh I've you know I've watched about half a season something like that you know the first season and then I turned around and they're saying oh you know Bob's Burgers season 13
1: yeah it is. And he's like, what? It's 13.
2: It's, it's something like that.
1: Let me check. Bob's, Bob's Burgers has.
2: 13 seasons.
1: Yep. 13 <laughs> seasons. Wow. This is bloody hell. Yeah. hence... <laughs> We've
0: got 10 seasons to go.
1: Hence why it probably got a movie. Um, so I've been watching Bob's. I've been genuinely enjoying it. The family dynamic in that is. Because Bob's not. That's stupid, which is really nice. It can be a little bit obtuse at
0: times. But, but he's, he's not like yeah. other
1: TV, either live action or animated dads. Yeah, so, I mean,
0: obviously you've got, like, Peter yeah. Hickman, basically just kind of an asshole.
1: Even Thingy from American Dad, I mean, it's obviously also someone, yeah, but it's yeah. fucking stupid. All the dads in South Park are of questionable intelligence. Uh,
0: Sim- well, obviously Homer Simpson
1: is it's designed just... to
0: be, like, you know,
1: even if we go outside of adult animation, we go to something like was it freaking Peppa Pig? Like her bloody dad's an idiot. It's, they start. They start. They start everyone young on this representation of dads who are stupid. And actually, I find it really frustrating because my dad's really fucking smart, and it's like I just want to see a TV dad that's not stupid. it's it's kind of a drip drip
2: drip (laughs) isn't it because it it's like you know you're fine with a certain character being stupid it's like you know no one has a real problem with homer being you know an idiot yeah but when it comes to you know your 10th sitcom or series with you know with an idiot dad and it's just
1: yeah Oh, it's like, you know, it, it, it,
2: it's a it's a, it's a bit like um, you know all the sitcoms of the seventies and eighties where all, you know all the mums were constantly in the kitchen and they were just a background character. Yes,
0: I mean even like in like in Simpsons and <laughs> Family Guy, you know, basically the mother figure is basically far more capable than she's able to be uh, because she's stuck at home being you know the mother figure, and yeah. that's that's mm. all she can be, Yeah. which is kind of. I mean,
1: think about. I was just thinking because I was trying to think of like sitcom dads outside of animation out here. Were like, oh, pretty cool. Like freaking John Ritter as Paul Hennessy in Eight Simple Rules. He was a really cool dad. Mm. Um, You can't even say in something like, um, oh, your classic uh, Home Improvement. Like, what's this? Tim Allen's character can, yes, he can build shit, but in fact, everything else in his life, he's dense as hell
0: true
1: true like seriously that there, there is a thing anyway so i've been watching as i'm on to season three i obviously have a long time long ways to go long ways to go um but that is my chill out thing at the moment so i i, I have to spend a lot of time lying down uh <laughs> at the moment and it might be because i'm pregnant um <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in order to make things less uncomfortable uh and so rather than watch random youtube um if i can i uh which
0: to be fair we do uh, a fair amount of yeah
1: we, we we have a you know kind of you know uh, yeah i know
0: parasocial relationships with you know certain youtubers
1: yeah stuff like the click
0: <laughs> for you very much the click
1: or or, or Big call
0: Beard meat, food, beard meat food is actually really good. Yeah.
1: Uh, various burgers. And then the, the other thing, so uh, I've been writing a thing for work, which will be out hopefully in the next month or so after it's gone through design. Um, but as part of that, I read the book um, Flying Blind, the 737 Max Tragedy and the Fall of Boeing by Peter Robinson, or Peter Robson, however you want to pronounce it.
0: Turns um, out it's spelled.
1: I suppose it's Robison. Robison?
0: I oh, no! Hold on, hold on. Uh, what does it even say? Peter Robison.
1: Robison. Um, so, yeah, so uh, uh, you, you guys remember the tragic uh, plane crashes before the pandemic, right?
0: Well, I mean, you say, do you guys remember? I've heard this, you know, the tale of it a okay, of Okay, does Retroid
1: now, so. remember? The tragic airplane crashes before the pandemic, the the two that happened in like five months of each other. Yes. So this book is is basically an accounting of, A, of of like the history of Boeing, and then how we got to this point where these crashes were even uh, possible, and then the fallout from them happening, and the investigation and stuff that took place. Because keep in mind that it resulted in Boeing being fined for, Conspiracy to commit fraud by the Justice Department in the US. Uh, They got fined $2.5 billion. Not million, billion. So. Which is bad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, um, it's not great,
0: is it? It's not great.
1: But it's really, it is a really interesting book to read. Like, it is technically a business book, but if you're at all interest in like the workings of just really big businesses and how the, how leadership can just f- fuck shit up in the pursuit of profit. It's a great read. I'd say it's very much an anti-capitalist book at its core because it is unfortunately the capitalist uh, imperative that uh, led to the situation in the first place because they wanted to please shareholders. They wanted to and make people very happy.
2: Those are the ones where it was basically the, the software would lock uh, Pilots out, wasn't it?
1: So basically, they changed the. They did what they could with the 737 MAX 8 so that they wouldn't have to go through the full recertification process. Um, which is,
2: you know, which is, it's like, oh, why do we have this, um you know, recertification process? So, oh, that's so they, why.
1: So they were adding, like, yeah, the plane had changed a bit over the years mm. since it originally came out in the 1960s. Um, but mm. the main change was two different engines on the wings so they're meant to be more uh, fuel efficient um, and they kept the cockpit as close to the previous design as possible so they didn't have to get massive recification the other reason for that though was so that they could sell it to airlines saying oh your pilots don't have to spend hours and hours retraining okay Yeah, yeah. because it costs yeah. them hundreds of dollars an hour um well, ooh, you
2: know, hundreds of dollars an hour, you know. i imagine comparing that to say, oh, a few hundred lives at each go. Like,
1: I think it's like something like three hundred and forty-six, three hundred and fifty-six people between the two crashes that died in the end. Um, anyway, so yeah, so they did this so that they could be high selling point to potential customers and um <laughs> Like obviously not have to play, uh, not have to do too much with the FAA, so the Federal Aviation Authority in the US. Yeah. Uh, But the thing is, there's those two new engines. Those two new engines. um, Yeah. So because of these two new engines, it would cause a problem that the plane would try to pitch up a lot in some circumstances. Because it changed
2: the balance, didn't it?
1: Yeah. And so they had to yeah. find a final way to stop that, but of course the cheapest option to do that would be through software, not hardware.
2: And we all know software updates always go right.
1: Mm. Uh, and this was still software they connected to hardware because you had to connect it to hardware that would tell, like, but you know, stuff was like going on. But they used existing hardware, and it was their um, something. Uh, some attack vector veins or something like that. I can't remember. It's not like I've got my notes yeah. in front of me. Um, and yeah. Um, if those failed, there were no backup systems and this software would basically override pilot choice unless you knew specifically that this software was currently what was making your plane pitch towards the ground at an alarming speed and you only had 10 seconds or less to actually react to it to stop it from killing you and everyone on board.
2: Yeah, bit of an issue.
1: And um, because they, this was a new computer system, but they didn't, they referred to it as a directive program so that they wouldn't have to click you know, to reduce the chances of it having to be recertified. So they hid it, basically. Like, it was kind of mentioned, but not explicitly (sighs) in a whole load of stuff. And it wasn't explicitly mentioned in the user manuals for the plane
2: just obscene
1: yeah anyway so you can read that if you want to understand how you know shit can go so very very fucking badly wrong in a business um uh do you want to write that one down so um so yes that was that's been that was like one thing i was also reading something about theranos which is the thing about the elizabeth holmes startup company that went bust and cost its investors
2: oh.
1: $600 cost its investors yeah. six hundred million dollars when they went under. Uh, she's waiting that, to be sentenced. That- she's going to be sentenced next month in September.
2: I thought um, she was good.
1: She's been found guilty. It's just they're waiting on dissentencing.
2: That so that was the magic all in one test, wasn't it?
1: Was it? What well, kind of? You know, it's like a a device that mm. you can give a blood test to, um, and. Uh, It would obviously you could test it for various things, Mm. Um, but for reasons which, if you went and watched the the dropout, which is available on Disney Plus in the UK and Hulu in the US, I tried watching it. I couldn't deal with it because it was too dramatized.
2: Oh
1: yeah, but um, yeah, like it basically it it might have worked. But not the way that she was forcing everyone to do it. So and I've read I've read a book about that as well, but I can't remember it as clearly, so I'm not going to mention it by name.
0: <laughs> but
1: anyway. Um, in theory, nobody died as a result of, of Theranos, but actually th- there might have been some for that from it because they were used in um trials for people who were ill. Mm. So yeah. Anyway, so that's I think that's. Pretty much me is, is those three things um, I'm currently reading the second Expanse book Which is Is it Caliban's War I want to say By James A. Carey um, It is dramatical As the first one So that's always fun Lots of dramatical I don't know how many books in the series there are But I'll, I'll just keep asking for them for like birthday and Christmas I think <laughs> Basically.
2: so give me more. Yeah.
1: Because I'm not allowed... To, um, I've been buying new books when it's been factual stuff that I've wanted to know about, but I've been trying very hard not to buy new fiction books. Basically. Because um, I've got... About, over a hundred. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if anyone's been stopping by my blog, I'm wondering why isn't Emily updated... Uh, I haven't been reading that fast at the moment because it's because uh, I've spent a lot of time lying down and napping. So, Joe, I'm beginning to think I should have just bought because I've got a bunch of pregnancy books I'm trying to get through as well. I think maybe I should have just bought audiobook versions.
2: Mm. That would might, be easy to cope with.
1: Yeah, I might have to see if I can get a couple of them cheap because it is really, well, <laughs> apart from anything, not not to be too graphic, but during t- my first trimester... Um, <laughs> What to expect when you're expecting, which is a classic book on pregnancy. Um, in my first trimester, the new book smell of it was so strong that even though I didn't have morning sickness, it did make me feel nauseous. Wow, yeah, so maybe an audiobook version of that would have been safer if <laughs> there is one. <laughs> It'd be very dry, though. It's a very dry book. It gets a bit chatty in places, but it's still quite dry. Um, Which it's is very... not
2: necessarily what you would expect it to be.
1: It, it's it's kind of... I mean, it's quite factual, basically. It's it's not trying to, like, embellish things and be, like, all happy ha- happy seem to be... I mean, yeah,
2: books. you know, facts are great and everything, but you can yeah. be a bit more conversational in the way you, you know, you know mm-hmm. give that.
1: Anyway, so that is... That is me, Retroid. What you been
2: up to? I've been watching The Sandman on Netflix and being very pleased.
1: We need to watch the Sandman, don't we?
2: Yeah. Have Were you the- read any of the original comics?
1: <sighs> no, but I feel like there might have been reference to the character in Constantine at some from Constantine at some point, or did I imagine that?
2: I don't remember. I may have to go back and watch uh, Constantine uh, series.
1: No, I think all the actual Hellblazer comics. I'm wondering if they're ah, either,
2: yeah, then there will have been because Constantine yeah. is in. Although there has been a slight change to Constantine in the Sandman series.
1: Well, I heard I heard about that because they were like, we can't just keep using thingy. Plus, he's probably yeah. well, well. He's he's got a deal with whatever's left of Warner or CW. Hmm. <laughs> yeah,
2: there, I did hear there were well there were issues with using Constantine, so. Uh. Um. Yeah, with the whole sort of fracturing of rights and stuff, because The Sandman was published by Vertigo, which was DC's mm-hmm. um, Imprint. sort of m- mature, which doesn't mean soft and squishy. It just means, you know, mature. Do
1: you know what? We did um, I, we do a podcast episode many, many moons ago where we were pissed <laughs> off about that the Vertigo was being shattered.
2: Yes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. The Sandman is a large part of why I think that's bollocks because you can come out with, you know, with works like this. Um, but yeah, um, it was part of the, you know, the whole sort of expanded um, Vertigo universe that Constantine was part of that. Um, he, he is in the comic a few times. He does crop up. Yeah. But, um, I think to avoid rights issues, um, Constantine has been changed into Constantine. Which is from John to Joanna, right? Played by um, Coleman, was it? Yes, Jenna Coleman. Okay, thank you. Because her name just disappeared out of my head as soon as I was going to say it. I just sorry, I flew into mind. Yeah, just giggling into the night like a bastard. <laughs> but yeah, I um, mean, it's it's like. Um, I am not going to spoiler it for anyone who hasn't, <laughs> you know, read the Sandman comics. But um, generally speaking, the series starts off with um, a an occult type ritual uh, which is designed um, to capture death because they want to. Um, You know, the man involved wants to uh, bring his son back who died in the First World War. Okay. And they do the ritual and they do capture an entity. But they end up capturing dream, not death. Ah. So. um, He... Yeah, he, he's not feeling very cooperative. Dream. And the first five episodes um, of the the Netflix series are more or less the first arc of the comic. It's, ve- it's a very close adaptation. There are one, two things that have been tweaked. Mm-hmm. I would say mostly for the better. I, I'm still slightly annoyed that we don't get a John Constantine because I always liked John Constantine. And... You know, I I really like Jenna Coleman, but she can't do a sort of a you know gritty Cockney. Mm. So it's kind of a okay. I'm just going to accept that this is a different alternate version of Constantine and not you know the one I was looking forward to seeing.
1: But, yeah.
2: You know, other than that, the casting is it's spot on.
1: And I'm assuming um, sure there hasn't been too much fallout about the fact that Lucifer isn't being played by. Tom Alice, but it's been played by,
2: what's her, what's her name? Oh, Gwendolyn Christie. There we go. Yes. She does a very good Lucifer.
0: See, and one, one in my head. Names
1: just...
2: <laughs> yeah. It's like, thank you, because usually the names just disappear out of my head as soon as I'm about to say them, so it's set you up in the life-suffer twice so far. Um, just this episode. <laughs> But um, one, of the, one of the little things that uh, as an example, Lucifer um, you know has in this series is that uh, she, you know they're constantly slightly backlit. Uh-huh. And I noticed this, and apparently that was to give the impression of a halo that you couldn't see.
0: Uh-huh.
2: So Lucifer looks angelic. But also it gives the very definite impression that they would take your head off at the slightest you know provocation. There's a kind of a you know, whereas um Lucifer in the T V series, which again is only very loosely based on to
1: be loosely based.
2: Yeah. And I liked the series, but for fuck's sake it's a loose procedure. <laughs> a fucking fox but um yeah i like lucifer in that but you know the lucifer in that is a sort of a you know a charming playboy mm. Uh whereas the lucifer in the sandman is more like from you know what i remember from the comics where if you remember they are a fallen angel they were the favored amongst the angels and they have been sentenced to rule over hell so lucifer is an angel who doesn't want to be there
1: that's consistent
2: yeah so yeah uh, lucifer's got this sort of air of very pleasant rage and it's just i love the lucifer in this it's um because, I su- first of all, as soon as I saw her, I thought, that could work. You know, Gwendolyn Christie as uh, Lucifer. But yes, actually seeing them in the series, it was like, this works. <laughs> Especially with the sort of um, hair they've given her, where it's um sort of, you know, slight curl, slight cherub curl. So, sure. other than her wings, you know, are more sort of like, you know, like leathery hell wings does look you know angelic and out of place but yeah anyway um the the first five episodes of the series are, are the arc of loose of a dream being uh captured escaping and then reclaiming the the tools of his trade which is um a ruby his sand and his helm And that's where Constantine um, comes in, because, um, you know, they know, well, they have had the sound that he's after. So, you know, it's the kind of thing that crops up uh, again and again in Sandman, where you will have, you know, these characters who will crop into a story because they just, you know, they happen to be, you know, related to what's going on. Um, You also get a little bit of uh, Constantine's past, which is, uh, includes Newcastle, which you know, is one of the reasons uh, Constantine is kind of reticent about using magic. Because yeah. they they know how badly it can go wrong when you know just enough to be dangerous. So that was more or less right out of the comic as well. Um, and then episode six, you've got a two-parter, which is it's basically an adaptation of two issues of the comic. Um, which were uh, two of my all-time favorite comic issues of anything. Mm. And they managed to pull it off pretty damn perfectly. And that is The Sound of Her Wings, which is where Dream um, spends, say, a a, a day in the company of uh, his sister Death. And they're just siblings. They're talking. They're, you know you know he's doing the oh I didn't want to bother you and she's calling him stupid you know because you know he's a younger brother and that you know that all that kind of thing and that's done really well. Some of them I'm pretty I haven't gone back and checked uh, for all of it but they were almost exactly as I remember them in the comic. Some of the people um she claims or rather she's there to help. The, you know, the moment they die. Mm. And the whole description that she gives to dream and, you know, saying about, well, your purpose is to, you know, um, you know run the, the realm of dreaming where people can, uh, you know, encounter their dreams and nightmares and things like that. And, you know, my job is to basically be a friendly face and to help them on. Basically, to help them on because you know it's never said what happens you know if anything happens next, but you know. And then the second part of episode six is uh, where the um, it's dream and death visit a a tavern in say you know the 12th century England. And they're just talking about, you know, about stuff. And you know, dream and you know, death is saying, you know, quite quite likes these humans. And you know, dream is, yeah, I have to deal with their bullshit. You know, not really a big fan of them. Um, and they overhear one of the bar patrons saying that he's he's not going to he's just not going to die. He's decided he's not going to die. So they look at each other. You know, death and dream, and they decide. Okay, how about if we don't take him, and then we can meet every hundred years? You know how? You know how would you like that? And they you know they talk to him, and um, you know dream explains that you know the deal that he will you know he won't die so long as they meet in this in a same location and you know he can give him an update of what life has been like for the, the past hundred years and dream thinks that this man will you know be weary of life and you know he'll want to meet his sister and it's the, the you know, meeting over several centuries up until the modern day and I always quite liked it because, of course, um, in about 800 years, a hell of a lot goes on in, you know, even southern England. So you know, there's that discussion. Um, and then episode seven to ten is another arc where it's it's basically it's um, Dream having to deal with some of the dreams and nightmares that have escaped. In his realm, while he was imprisoned, including um, a nightmare called Corinthian. Oh God. And that, and I like aspects of that, but it's always been my least favorite book of the, you know, the series called The Doll's House in, you know, in the comics. And yeah, the, you know, again, they've you know changed some things over, but nothing, you know, nothing bad. And it, again, it's they didn't shy away from some of the things because it's just you know when you've read something and you think, oh, is that reference going to be there, or are they just not going to bother? And it turns out no, the reference is there, and say, okay, so you did actually go ahead. Okay, that's you know, I'm pleased, but good because that was. The whole part of the horror of who these people are, really, um, and then of course the series ends on episode ten, and I was quite happy with that. And then it just turned out that this last week they dropped an episode eleven, huh? Which is an adaptation of it's it's another two parter kind of as in it's two epi- it's two stories in the same episode, and um, it's two very good once as well so it's dream of a thousand cats which is uh, they do i wondered how they were going to do this but it turns out they they do it animated and i'm fine with that because it's what cats dream of and also the fact that the endless don't just appear to humans the endless appear as humans because we're human so in anything that dreams is going to encounter dream. Cat's dream. <gasps> so, of course, they're going to encounter dream, but they're not going to encounter a man. Oh. And it's what what cats dream of and what they want to change. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Um, and the, the second part of the episode... Um, is a writer who's had, you know, one breakout massive massive success book. And he's got a big book deal for his, his next one, whether it's a sequel or not. The problem is he's had two years of complete, concrete writer's block. So... He talks to another, you know, he he gets wind. There's another author who also had writer's block and somehow managed to get past that and had a huge writing career. And he brings him an an offering that it was requested that, you know, he needed. And it turns out that this writer has captured the, the news Calliope. As in a you know, a demigod who yeah. would help yeah. Um it, who would help inspiration. And that's how we got past his writer's block.
1: So that means then um, that the muse hasn't been going off around to other people?
2: That means the muse has been his prisoner. Oh boy. And it's not been a willing partnership because he's um, basically, bound her with uh, a very old ritual. So it's it's kind of a you know, a situation like Dream found himself in, mm. but worse. Seeing as Dream was just sealed, um, but this new writer, he's a good man, you know. He just he just needs to get one book, and if she'd just help him, and she's very much of the why should I help you if I'm not free. Uh, you know, you can free me. You can, you know, you can verbally free me from this, you know, my binding, you know, to you, which has been passed on from, you know, from this other uh, mm-hmm. uh, writer. And he's, yeah, but I need this other book. And how can I trust that you'll actually help me if I'm, you know, if you're free? So it's just, is he really a good man? The answer is no. Okay. And one one of the things I was curious about this when they um adapted it because you could you can guess how a man would get inspiration from a muse um, is in, I think in the comic it's only maybe one panel where it's you know a bit of overpowering, but mm. it's even more subtle in you know in the episode but no less powerful for it. The way you know the way it's portrayed is you know it's I you know i was impressed with it it's an excellent episode uh that made some subtle tweaks with the dialogue between um her and dream and it it's better it's better for it i mean it was it was one of those where it was progressive at the time but you know this was in 1989 or so but the author has gone back to it and said, "Yeah, you know, we can tweak one or two things, whilst still remaining, you know, completely true to the original story." And as as a consequence, I think it's 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 strengthened. I think it's better than the comic in this. So, oh, and uh, as a a little um, aside with this, um, she has a Greek accent.
1: and it's, it's because
2: she is actually greek yeah or in this case greek canadian because i looked up the actress and she is the voice of cassandra in assassin's creed odyssey
1: oh that's nice
2: yeah so it's like oh now i know what you look like as well and i can see the resemblance between you know when they slightly base the you know the player character yeah on the actor playing them and it's like, ah, whereas, um, yeah, my other half thought, yeah, that's, that's Cassandra from, (laughs) from Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but I didn't quite catch on as quickly. But it's like, yeah, it's, so it's, it's nice to see you in something and it's, it's basically so far the Sandman has just been a, an incredibly pleasant surprise. Because when there is something that you've enjoyed so much over the years, because I read it, oh, probably about halfway through its run, mm. um, a friend loaned me. You know, but it's, you, you know what it's like when you go, know, "Oh, I've not read that," and it's like, "I am your no dealer now." Here are, you know, here is five <laughs> graphic novels. <laughs> you no, know, so I you know, I went and read them, and said, these are rather good. And I ended up, you know, buying them myself, and you know, reading it while it was being published. Nice. And you, yeah, you can really tell that uh, Neil Gaiman has been a you know quite a creative force on the the series because it it feels like Sandman and it feels like a product proper adaptation, and I am so happy. So yeah, that's that's me done. Okay. Watch Watch the Sandman.
1: Watch the Sandman. Do you know what? There was one thing, Paul, and I forgot to mention that we had watched.
2: Mm-hmm. First episode of She-Hulk. Oh yeah.
1: Okay, so it was only one episode in, um, and
2: uh, I, I, I will just say, first of all, I've heard that it's uh, old some uh, dude bros, so it must be good.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. It, you know, it was, it was, it was a fun first episode. Like. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that basically they've, they spent, because obviously, so we've had obviously Miss Marvel recently and a lot of that series was kind of like, how did this happen? How did she come to have these powers? And whereas with She-Hop, we've gone, you know, like, be careful when you're around Bruce Banner, basically. (laughs) Um, Especially if you're related to him. Uh, Because, because things could happen. Um, and we kind, cu- it kind of got all the explainer shit out of the way, so that for the rest of the season, it feels like they'll be obviously delving into her, obviously trying to balance being a freaking lawyer.
0: Yeah, because and <laughs> it kind of, I'm kind of hoping that the rest of the series goes on basically like uh, the Marvel equivalent of a um, court courtroom, yeah, you know, drama type thing.
1: But a, a sort of like a bit, bit more, maybe a bit more. Suits than Law and Order though,
0: yeah, like suits yeah. or um, well, potentially Franklin um, Bash. Franklin Bash. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, so it would no, it was a fun first episode. It's just it's just set the stage basically. We get it feels like we're going to get into the meat uh, going forward. Yeah. So that was fine. Um, not point out that sort to dismiss Marvel, but obviously Miss Marvel 4 is a very typical. Kind of teen superhero path of yeah, like I, discovering powers, background to powers.
0: I mean, I, there was there was still a good uh, TV series. Good
1: series.
0: I quite enjoyed it. Um, you know, but I mean, that that thing with yeah. Marvel, they're they're doing these genre based, you know, kind of things to yeah. kind of you know keep the whole thing alive. Yeah. Um,
1: you know what, it, I think it. I think it. I think but miss marvel i actually quite liked. i'm trying to think if i was going to rank the marvel tv series so, what would is, I rank it, is, is it
2: you know i'm i've been a little bit reticent about watching miss marvel because first of all i don't know the character so you know i've got no yeah. hmm. binding to it but also the fact that i heard about the young adult stuff and it's just i'm not sure but i keep hearing you know people praise it
1: I mean, if basically, if you think you could get through a rewatch of Buffy, you could get through watching Ms. Marvel. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah,
2: because you you know what else is also like a young adult series, and it's the genre of TV, and you should watch.
1: Um,
2: the Bad Batch. Uh
1: huh. <laughs> uh huh. I was waiting. I was waiting.
0: There you go.
2: That. <laughs> I'm 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 looking for the DVD box set to appear yeah. through my daughter, through sponsorship any day now also, it will happen I think,
0: also I think because um we haven't um, done it recently or mm. uh, we haven't you know podcasted recently um mm. we've also completely finished um strange new World.
2: Yay! Yeah. and you liked
1: very yes. much so yes yes yes
2: very much so it- it was largely very good, wasn't it? Oh, yes.
0: I mean, I kind of felt like the episodic structure kind of worked for it, um, but there were still kind of elements that kind of carried on over the episode. So that that also really worked. Um, yes. They've, they've kind of um, had more characterization for secondary characters as well. Uh, that That
2: worked very well. That- yeah, that is something I have seriously missed from Discovery. It's like, please, can I get to know some of the characters? Yeah. Thanks very much.
1: Yeah. Um is a shame. Oh,
0: Obviously,
2: Discovery, I, I quite enjoyed Discovery,
0: despite, you know, its, well, I'm not necessarily to say flaws, but despite its uh, style um, of basically having like, you know, maybe like four or five main characters and then everybody else being like outer um maybe it's maybe it's just that um yeah because i feel like it may be the same roughly the same amount of characters that they focus on maybe it's just it's because it's mostly like the engineering department and a couple of people from Mm.
2: the bridge yeah it's still with you know with as as an example just you know wandering onto the you know the whole star trek thing yeah um if it was more like you kept having a helmsman and a navigator at the front of the bridge that, you know, who would just, you know, they might crop up once or twice, but they were generally just different people, hmm. that would be fine. But the fact that they are the same people throughout four seasons and I barely fucking know the characters. Mm, yeah. It's just, that that's the kind of issue that I have a you hmm. uh, know you know i have with discovery whereas there are characters who you know with who you know they you know roughly kind of who they are but only in that you know she's a really good captain she's a really good navigator well oh, you in know in. um pilot not captain but you know, you know so you know yeah. Detmer and yeah. um Olawale, 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 i think, think, think her name is right yeah it's it Olawale, um Detmer and Olawale. i think okay. is the you
0: know the um okay i thought it, it was a well, maybe that's a surname.
2: I, I, I cannot remember. Unfortunately, I am really shit with names. Hmm. So I barely remember yeah. Detmer. <laughs> well, I mean, but, obviously um, in
0: Discovery, you've got um, like uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of
2: apologies in advance if I have um, fucked up a name.
0: <laughs> but you've got obviously Burnham, Saru. You've got um, uh, Stamet, You've got uh, uh, Doctor Dude. Um, uh, I want to say Wilson but I think that's the actor's surname
2: that is the actor's name
0: oh uh, what's his name <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember his name but the doctor yeah um and you've obviously got um is it Adira as well um you've got Jet Reno Culber. Culber, that's the one uh you've got Jet Reno um who, who,
2: who is obviously just about the best character, uh,
0: but yeah, you've uh, had Tilly, uh, you've got Book uh, from like season three and four, so it's it's not as though it's literally just focusing on like one or two characters. There are you know kind of a selection of characters there, but it yeah, does but weird I... having the helmsman as not part of that. You know the main kind of not necessarily clique. But the main um, kind of structure of the episodes.
2: I mean, she had that little character arc where they had come into the future, and you know she wasn't dealing with it well. Yeah. But other than that, very little. Mm. So it's a bit annoying. But yeah, yeah gen- generally speaking, I really liked Strange New Worlds. Mm.
0: Definitely looking forward to another season of it. Uh, looking forward to. <laughs> Card season three. Um, obviously, we've got. I'm, um, I'm less looking
2: forward to Picard season three. <laughs> no, I'm
1: also not. I was really yeah. disappointed with the second season. I mean, just,
2: I, I would be more looking forward to it if they hadn't said that they'd already filmed it and it was done back to back with season two.
0: Is that because basically there's no way that they could have um, basically been able
2: to feedback from
1: and refine? Yeah,
2: yeah. It's it's just can we please have more than about two or three episodes of story spread out to uh, like ten episodes. Mm. Please. Um, anyway. I,
1: <laughs> the stuff we're going to be watching go forward, so we're also, aside from catching a sermon, um, House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones prequels started this I, week.
2: I saw there was... Um, I think there was someone recording just like a New York apartment block. Mm. And you could see that the light was changing in like about a dozen of the apartments all at once. So they were clearly watching the same thing, and I think it was <laughs> that you know, people were saying it was that's House of Dragons.
1: We've only so been able to watch the first what 10, 15 minutes of it, I think. Yeah, I, I am
2: I'm not good. watching it until we
1: can binge it, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, we'll we'll keep you updated on whether or not it's any really good. Like I said, we haven't finished the first episode yet.
0: I mean, we we kind of expect that it's gonna be pretty much in the same vein as you know Game of Thrones. I but think considering how variable Game of, Game of Thrones could be,
1: exactly. That's well, it. I we just should... think
2: with Game of Thrones, it's a pity they never made the final season, but I understand. <laughs>
1: Okay, gents. I think that's all we've got time for. Um, so, uh, happy birthday to December. <sighs> um, and it is. Uh,
2: we'll, we'll be going to big school soon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it is good night from.
2: It's good night from me, Paul Wood. I'm Retroid on Newgamer.net and Super Retroid on Twitter. It's good night from me, Paul Blewett, and on Twitter is at Paul Blewett.
1: It's good night for me, Emily King. I'm on Twitter at EM You can find notes for this episode over at ww.notesemble.co.uk. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Nodes Podcast. We're also on Facebook at Nerdsemble Podcast. Um that is it for this tenth episode. Tenth birthday episode. Before I fall asleep. Words losing. It's been a long ten years, man. Words losing? they
0: You've used well, all of your words on the podcast. Oh no! Deh. Oh no! What's she going to say? Gonna have night. to see if we
2: can mi- make some new ones. <laughs> Flabber, <Fledble. laughs> patang,
1: <laughs>
0: flange. I'm pretty sure flange is already a word.
2: Not, not the way I'm thinking. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: Good night. Good night, <laughs>
0: Flange. I'll tell you what, the next ten years of Master Simple Podcast has going to be really fucking weird. <laughs>
2: it's, it's, it's all part of the, um, the Flange universe.